Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Obviously, we've, we've had a change of government overnight, haven't we? And uh, interesting times, isn't it? Interesting times. Just while you're finding your seat, I mean, uh, as you know, we're a fairly politically active and overt church, and uh, we like it that way. We don't think we should be scared to speak about truth. And um, I'm happy to say, us in one sense, um, with along with a bunch of other pastors, uh, we met with Peter Malinowskis about three or four months ago. And um, we met with him and aired our views, I suppose. And one thing I can say about Peter Malinowskis from what I uh, viewed and observed uh, of him is that he is a man of integrity. And um, he has very strong Catholic roots. He's... uh, at least one of his kids or two of his kids go to a Catholic school. He supports independent Catholic schooling, praise God, Um, because there are many like the Greens that would have us wipe that out. Um, But but he is is a man of integrity. He's a man who has a faith. And so we need to be praying for him. I, I believe, to be honest with you, that his yes is yes more than Stephen Marshall's was. And so we now have a leader who... In his party, he's got some hairy ones. There's no doubt about that. Um, He really does. He really does. But as he said to us, they are only one voice. They only have one vote. So Nat Cook, who's in our local area, who we completely disagree with on a whole lot of things, uh, we need to pray that her one vote and her one voice remains a minority in the Labor Party. And so we need to be praying for that party, praying that somehow preferences and other things and postal votes all merge through and, and some good continued voices stay in Parliament. Um, but we, we, there's a shift. There's a shift. The Liberal Party need a good wake-up call and they've got it. Uh, and they need to move back to their conservative roots. And, and we pray that somehow this might awaken that within their party. Um, who knows what God's going to do to, to use this and, and awaken. Uh, but this is actually only the beginning. You might think, oh, good, the election's over now. This church is going to stop rambling on about politics. <laughs> it's actually only the beginning. And I'm not saying we need to preach on it every Sunday, but the, the truth is this is life, guys, isn't it? This is life. And, and it affects every facet of our life. So if preachers are scared to bring it into the church then it's just crazy. It's ridiculous because it affects every area of our lives. And these people are making decisions on our schooling. They're making decisions on what we can do and what we can't do. And so we need to be praying for them. We need to be active in that arena. uh, And we need to have a voice and have our influence for godly righteousness in our city. And so um, obviously we have a federal election coming up as well. Uh, and, you know, we can say more about that, but uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. You know, who knows? Uh, I mean, you, you, could, you could just flip a coin, couldn't you? <laughs> but 
I want to spend a couple of minutes just praying. Um, and I believe Leslie Muller is here. Am I right? You've swapped sides. You can't do that on us. So if it's okay, we're going to pray for Peter as well in a, in a minute. Uh, and uh, yeah, look, I'd love you just to stand with me. It's important that we stand at times and, and we uh, activate our faith. So Lord, we just bring before you our beautiful city of Adelaide and state of South Australia. And Lord, we ask that you would speak over our city, that you would reign over our city, that you'd put righteous voices into parliament. And Lord, those with residual faiths in the Labor Party, of which there is some, including Peter Malinowskis, we pray that you would bless them, that you would give them influence, you would give them a voice. And Lord, that you would let this be a turning point in our city for righteousness, that you would shut down the left, that you would shut down radical uh, ridiculousness in our society, and that you would let righteousness reign in Jesus' name. And Lord, we stand with Leslie this morning and her family, and we ask that you would, you would move in that hospital room, you would move upon Peter's body, that you would bring your healing power, you would release your life and your power, and your healing, and your restoration to his body. Lord, we thank you for him. We thank you for the declaration of faith that he stands for and that he has stood for. And we pray that you would release your power into his body, into his lungs. And we ask for a miracle. We ask for a miracle in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Awesome. Please be remembering those a few in our community who need your prayers. Most of you are aware of, of those. We want to be praying daily, standing with them. If you can encourage them, if you can bless them in some way, please do so. Because when, when you're in a rough time, you need people to gather around you. And, uh, and, and stand with you and believe with you and, and speak life over you and speak life in situations. And so we want to do that uh, to those in our community who need that. And uh, wow, it's uh, interesting times, isn't it? Interesting times. Well, today I want to I talk on what I've called burdens or rest. Now, I know which one most of us would pick, burdens or rest. But we are, we are really, and we'll probably say this until Jesus returns, we're at a pivotal time in history. And it will continue to be a pivotal time in history until Jesus returns, of which his coming is coming sooner than last week. That's not prophetic, is it, Steve? That's just a fact. <laughs> but it's interesting. Actually, I have to do something before I go on. I have to pray for Stuart because I just, as I've just got this coming back to me. Will you stand for a second? I just want to pray for you. Um, what I felt the Lord just impressing upon me, you shared with me that this week's a week of dedication for you, but I felt the Lord saying that there's going to be a whole new season for you, not just changing jobs, but there's going to be a whole new change and there's, there's going to be an undoing, okay? So expect some undoing, but there's also going to be a redoing. And in the redoing, it's going to be good. 
is going to be good and he's going to be laying down fresh authority and fresh um, strategies for you, fresh ideas for you, a creativity and there's going to be a stepping out of a box that you've been in but it's going to be good. There's going to be some undoing though and so expect that and even enjoy that process because when there's undoing, there's redoing. Um, and I just see that authority, I see that sword, and I see that strength coming upon you in that redoing. So I just want to pray for you this morning, yeah? So Lord, we just bless Stuart this morning. And Lord, I thank you for him. I thank you for the man of God that he is. And I pray this morning that you would release fresh blessing over his life. That you would, you would arm him with a fresh sword of authority, you would give him authority as never before. Lord, that you would, in the undoing and the redoing, that you would give him weapons of warfare, fresh weapons in this new season that's coming. We pray that you would surround him day and night, that you would strengthen him, use him for your glory for the rest of his days. And Lord, I bless him. I release that fresh authority that he would roar, that he would step out of the box, that you would strengthen him in surprising ways in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. I want to say one more thing before I get into this, and, and that is I heard Bill Johnson say about 20 years ago, 15 to 20 years ago, something that just, I'm like, where's he going with this thing? But I think it's, it's, it's a good reminder for us. I heard him, him apologise to everyone. He apologised to everyone. He said, look, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you guys... Um, haven't seen the moving of the Spirit like this before and that some of you are even a bit like, what's going on? Because church hasn't really delivered this and the power of God hasn't flowed. And I think it's a good reminder to us to remember what it looks like when God's moving. And, and it's something that I felt this morning upon, just even for myself, is to say to you guys that what we have done in church for the last 20 years is our best efforts. But I'm sorry, we haven't necessarily delivered you the power of God. And so don't think that this is it. <laughs> this isn't it. This isn't it. It's the unseen, invisible moving of Jesus that's going to change our nation. <laughs> And so don't, don't, don't let other things, you know, sway you. Don't let other things get you down because when Jesus moves, strange things will happen. He will offend us. And, and I was reminded of that this morning. I'm thinking, wow, when God really moves, his power moves upon bodies, upon people, and it's, it can get very offensive. And I want to just say to you, I'm sorry that you haven't seen that on a regular basis. I'm sorry that you haven't seen the miraculous on a regular basis, that when it does happen, you might get offended because it's not normal for us. But we need an abnormal scenario <laughs> to change our culture. Because what we can see in Russia and Ukraine right now is a physical war. You can see those bombs. You can see what's going on. But the same thing is happening in the spirit 
to cultural wars. There's a bombardment. There's a bombardment of culture onto the next generation, onto their brains. And you can, I mean, I could go on some tangents this morning, but I won't. But the bombardment of confusion, the bombardment of stuff going on out there, and it's invisible and it's in different ways and it's, it looks good and sounds good, but it's trying to capture our minds. And so we need to stay alert to this stuff. And I want to give us a strategy which is not a normal strategy of what we would think. I want to start in Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Matthew eleven twenty-eight to thirty. Uh, Jesus says to his disciples, "Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens." Now that's a good statement right there, because I'm sure, like you. Myself, there are times where you're looking at what's going on in the world and you think, Jesus, just return now. We are a basket case. We just, we just need him now. Or that asteroid that was going to come in 2012, remember all the prophets, all that weird stuff going on, and you know, the Mayans, 2012, it's coming. It never came. And, and just goes to show no one knows the hour. He's coming like a thief in the night. And so, but who knows, you know, the zombie apocalypse, whatever's going to happen, we don't know what's going to happen. I've got less clue now than I've ever had in my life. But whatever happens, we look at the world and we go, oh my goodness, you might carry burdens at times. You might feel so weighed down by what's going on that you might just think, well, what's the point? Well, this is when we, Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. We need to learn how to rest. We have been programmed to go faster, more immediate, more plastic, more instant than ever before in history. And now everything is automated. Everything is zap it, app it. Whack it, just just instant, instant, inject me, give me a pill, do whatever you can, but make it painless and make it fast. It is the most unnatural way of living. And Jesus says, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. The only rest that you and I can experience here on earth is found in Jesus Christ. Everything else is superficial. Ask every alcoholic who has ever turned to alcohol to try and suppress the pain. There's a reason people go to that stuff. It's because there's a lack of peace in here. Drugs, there's a lack of peace in here. Whatever the addiction, whatever the habit, whatever the avoidance might be, it might be money, it might be career, it might be going faster, is to suppress the inner workings of humanity to actually find peace. We can only find rest in Jesus Christ. Everything else is a pointless exercise. So if you've been trying for years, let me give you just, just the most instant, painless way of, that you can ever get. Come to Jesus. If you come to Jesus today, he promises to give your soul rest. The anxiety, the nervous tension, the, the struggling, the striving, the wondering what's going on in the world. Jesus says, I will give you rest. And he does, as most of us can attest to. Then he says, take my yoke upon you. Now, I want 
Josh just to throw up a photo we have here, because most of us in modern society don't even know what a yoke is. So I've got a photo of a yoke. That is a, that, yes, that's a couple of uh, cattle. But in between them is a yoke. And this yoke joins these two uh, cows together so that they work in unison. When they're carrying a load, they might be plowing the field, they might be taking a cart or whatever it is, but it's a heavy burden. And they would join them together. This is still done in India and other parts of the world today. They have a yoke to join them together so that they operate in unison, so that one can be helped by the other and they can carry heavy burdens. This is exactly what Jesus is talking about. The good thing here is Jesus says, I will carry your burdens. So that yoke that joins you and him, he's carrying everything. That stress, that strain, that struggle, that confusion, that depression, that sickness, that anxiety, that wondering what's going to happen in the future, what's my life mean, that insecurity, that fear, whatever it is that you carry, Jesus is the other one carrying that yoke and he's carrying the whole thing just for you. And then he says, take my yoke upon you, let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. This is what humanity is crying out for right now. Rest for our souls. It's what a whole lot of good teachings, even other religions, a whole lot of them have good stuff that heads in this direction. But everything else falls short of face-to-face with our Saviour, Jesus Christ, who has taken every sin, who's taken every sickness, he's taken every anxiety, every depression, every single part of this world that is dark and horrible, he has taken upon himself on the cross, and it's nailed there. And he rose again so that that yoke, he can lift that burden and take that yoke just for you. But then he says, for my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. All it takes is letting go. And then he will give your soul rest. He will give your body rest if you'll let yourself give your body rest. And he will take on that burden that you and I tend to carry. And he gives us a free gift, a grace gift of eternal life. And here on earth, we can actually find rest, not ultimate rest. It's the beginnings of rest. And so here on earth, we get the beginnings of rest called salvation. And our spirits are saved for eternity to be with him. It's the greatest message of all time. I don't know why it's not splashed across every media coverage right now, because it's what the world needs. The world needs peace. The world needs rest. The world doesn't need another strategy. The world doesn't need another influencer. The world doesn't need another company that skyrockets from nothing to 50 billion and becomes influential and tries to dominate every thought that you've got. We need rest. The only way the modern world can find rest, the same with ancient world, is through Jesus Christ. And he says, come to me. This is a free will gift. It's not something anyone can force on you. It's not something anyone can mandate. Let's mandate Christianity. Well, that went really badly in the Middle Ages, just like most mandates. But it's a free will gift that you and I get to come to Jesus for free. 
for free. We get to come to him. No one's forcing you. No one, there's no obligation. There's no compulsion. It's a free will gift. Do you want peace? Do you want freedom? Do you want eternal life? It's free. It's free. No manipulation. You don't have to give anything. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to, you have to put your hand up. It's your spirit connecting with him. And that's, that's called being born again. A lot of us maybe have responded to an older call when we were younger and we responded to an older call and, and it's a good moment and it's an amazing moment. But an older call in and of itself does nothing. It's all about our spirit making a decision for Jesus Christ. That's salvation. You see, sometimes we've even got it wrong. You know, 100 people were saved. Well, we hope 100 people were saved. If 100 people connected with Jesus, then 100 people got saved. We don't worry so much about the numbers and all that sort of stuff because we can get into a whole system that becomes about that rather than about you and I connecting with Jesus. And so we want to remember that in today's world and as the world gets crazier and crazier because the Bible says it will, we want to remember to be really, really good at resting, really good at resting with him. Now, what did, let, let's look at a model of that. I'm going to jump down, uh, Josh, to my third, third passage, which is in Mark chapter 6, verse 31. And Jesus said to his disciples, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. Ever felt like that? That you're so busy that you don't even get time to eat or do even the normal things. This is called crazy modern living, and it's killing us. And so we need to learn this key of coming away with Jesus, getting by ourselves to a desolate place and finding rest for a while. There's a key in doing nothing. Now, I had that forced on me uh, for the last couple of weeks, <laughs> for, for 10 days actually. And although I didn't exactly physically rest too much because I was feeling great and I had plenty to keep me occupied, there was just something about getting away, just getting away. And um, Karen didn't have to listen to my jokes for 10 days and she got some rest. <laughs> but there was something about getting away and just, just being in a desolate place. And there's, there's something in doing nothing. God will speak to you when you do nothing. He will speak to you when you don't know what to read in Scripture, but you just do nothing and make space for Him. And when we make room for Him. So I want to encourage you, don't feel guilty as our modern world sometimes makes us feel guilty about going to a desolate place and being alone with Jesus and just getting away from the rat race, getting away from all of the stuff. Because He wants to make old things new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Now, this is not just something that ends when we give our life to Jesus. This is a minute-by-minute, day-by-day thing. Ever notice that? You've got to remind yourself, I'm not that person anymore. I don't speak like that. I don't think like that. I don't talk like that. I don't behave like that. It is a daily thing to remind ourselves of who we really are. Because 
The enemy loves to steal, kill, and destroy. And if he can rob your identity, if he can remind you of all of your sins, if he can remind you of all your weaknesses, of all your insecurities, then he wins. But if we can remind him, that's not who I am anymore. That's who I was. I'm a new person now. You might have been saying it for a decade and and he's sick of hearing it, but keep saying it. Because we need to remind ourselves that we are a new creation in Christ. And being part of that new creation means we're being pulled into his life, pulled into his perfection, pulled into his kingdom and his authority. Because we can't do it in and of ourselves. I don't know about you, but I certainly can't. And so there's times when I need to activate by faith. I'm not feeling like it. I'm not even maybe thinking spiritual things. The enemy might be reminding me of sins or negativity or whatever else it is. But they're the times when I need to... Hopefully I've been coming from a place of peace. I've been in a desolate place and I've had some time with the Lord and I remind the enemy, that's not who I am. That's not my thoughts. I want to encourage you. When he comes at you... With old things, remind him, they're not me anymore. That's not me anymore. Those behaviors that you're reminding me of, that's not me anymore. That way of thinking, that pattern, that negativity that I've been living in, you're talking to last year's person. I am not that person. And you might be thinking, well, I'm still swallowed up in it. Let me tell you, every day is a new day. Every day, the grace of God is available for you. Every single day, the grace of God is available for that sin, that doubt, that fear, that negativity, that anxiety that you carry. His grace is sufficient to to override. The word atonement means he's atoned for those things. It means to cover over. And so he covers over that sin. He covers over that way of thinking because he wants us to step into the new creation. And that's why he says he replaces He gives us beauty for ashes in in Isaiah. Isn't that a good thought? We're not mourning. We're not burnt. we're We're not ashes anymore. He wants to replace all of that stuff with his beauty. So the more we get in a desolate place, the more we get into that place with him, the more we can take on his likeness and his ways of thinking and his authority. And out of that rest comes victory. Out of that place with him comes authority, comes reasonable thinking, comes overcoming spirit. Because when the enemy comes, you'll go, hang on. I remember what I've, what I've been reading. I put on audio Bible a lot while I was in isolation as I was going to sleep. And I was saying to Karen, it was kind of funny because you drop off and there's like a minute space between each chapter. I don't know if you've ever done this. It's like 30 seconds, but it's enough to fall asleep in between chapter. And then he comes on chapter 7 and you're like, whoa, chapter 7 and you listen, you fall asleep in the gap and then it's chapter 8. So it's, it's, I, I suggest just put it on quietly. But the good thing is it's going in. It's going in. It's going in. It's going in. And I would find myself the next day thinking, oh, the dude was, re- he was speaking, Matthew chapter this, and, 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 and it's going in. Every bit of goodness is going into your spirit. Every bit of goodness of the Word of God, of worship or whatever it is, is going into your thinking, going into your being, going into the cells of your body. It's going into you and it's going to produce good fruit. It's a gardening principle to revert back to that. 
When, when I sow seeds, I'm still, even after five, six, seven, eight years of doing this, I'm still fascinated that the things actually grow. Do you know what I mean? When you put that tiny little seed in the ground, just in soil, I mean, what is soil? It's dirt. What is dirt? I don't know. Let's not get scientific. But I'm just like, what is this stuff? But in there somehow is nutrients and you water it and you put some nutrients on it. And after a few weeks, it begins to grow. This is what the Word of God is like in your spirit. This is what that invisible, intangible, sometimes tangible, mysterious power of the Holy Spirit is like in your life. And he wants to move through the cells of your body. He wants to move in your mind, in your spirit, and become living and active. That's what the Word of God says, doesn't it? Living and active. Sharper than a double-edged sword. And so often we, we, we feel lesser than. Why? Because the enemy wants to steal your authority. If we could only see how much power we carry in Jesus' name as believers, I think we would be blown away. We would be blown away because we'd be like, what, that lives in us? That power, that authority lives in us? But the enemy has robbed a whole generation of who they are. And he's still bombarding us. In fact, he's using nuclear warheads right now to a generation to confuse more than ever before. Even on churches, and you've probably heard the term woke churches. There's a danger for every church to, turn to, to, to become a woke church, whatever that means. Research it. It means going with culture and selling out and becoming more and more progressive as we go. It's, it's something that Karen and I probably say to each other almost on a daily basis. And when I'm meeting with other pastors, we're all saying the same thing. We need a move of God more now than ever before in history. Ever before in history. It's normally after an hour of discussing and trying to solve all the problems. And then we come to that conclusion. We need a move of God more than ever before. Because a generation hasn't seen him move en masse. So I want you to stand... Awesome. Thank you guys for your hunger, for putting up with my weirdness. Thank you. It's been two weeks, so it's, it's been bottled up. I, I thought it could have been a whole lot worse, to be honest. There no sheep stories, no nothing. No, nothing too random. It's okay. I'd love us just to lift our hands. And let's just pray as a community. Let's just begin to ask him to move. You might want to pray in tongues. How dare you do that in a modern woke church? Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. You might want to pray in the spirit. You might want to just, just pray in English, in Farsi, whatever you know. I don't know. I'm picking up some Farsi from Sam as he's cutting hair and they're chatting away in Farsi. Holy Spirit, we need you more now than we ever have. In the church and out of the church. We've done everything we know how to do. We've done every look, every style, every sound, and it hasn't worked. And so, Lord, we ask that you would come and move. Come and move on our city. Come and move on our nation. Come and move in our churches. Come and move upon us. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you to come and move upon our generation, young and old. And Lord, we pray that you would begin to stir a hunger in us that would be irresistible to you. So we say, come Holy Spirit. 
We say collectively as a community of Harvest Church family, come Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Come and have your way. Come and move in our region. Come and move in politics. Come and move in the business arena. Come and move in the media. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you. Yeah. Yeah, go on. Take a minute just to pray. Thank you, Lord. Shikarabasamba. Yeah, we need you, Lord Jesus. We need you, Lord Jesus. We need you, Lord Jesus. If you've never given your life to Jesus or you've been away from Him, I want to encourage you right now where you are to give your life to Jesus. He died for you. He died for every sin. And if you believe that this morning, right where you're standing, I want you just to give your life to Him. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. Wash me of every sin. I believe you died and rose again for me. I want to spend eternity with you. And if you did that this morning, then you've given your life to Jesus. It's as simple as that. You don't need a gift card. You don't need a name on a roll. You don't even need to attend church. All you need to do is live for Him and He'll show you what to do. What I do encourage you to do is after the service, if you did that, you'll see someone with a t-shirt on. We can give you a pack. We can give you a Bible. We can encourage you. And we want to just help you on your journey. So we're happy to do that. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you. If you're hungry just for a touch of God, maybe you've heard some of what I've said this morning and, you, and something's just struck you that I need that. I need that. I haven't seen God. I haven't felt God. I haven't known that, but I know I need it. Then just lift both hands this morning. And I just want to pray that the Holy Spirit will fall on you. Mm. Yeah, Lord, I pray right now. Lord, for those hungry ones, for those desperate ones, Lord, that you would begin to move and release your fire. Release your fire. Release your power. Release your power with a fresh new anointing. A fresh new anointing. The Holy Spirit, you would come upon us as a people that we would carry your message, carry your power and your presence to this region. And I release that power right now. So Holy Spirit, we say come. We say come. Release the fire of God right now this morning. The fire of God. The fire of God. The fire of God. 
In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. We're just going to wait for a couple more minutes. I believe God's just beginning to touch some of you. I encourage you just to keep opening up, keep receiving, because I, I believe it's just, just a drop. It's just a drop. And as you lean in and dive in, He's going to release more this morning. So we say more, Holy Spirit. More, Holy Spirit. More of you. More of you. In fact, what we're going to do just to close out today, if you want more of Him, you begin to, beginning just to hunger and thirst for more of His presence and for that power. I want you to come quickly down the front. Karen's going to begin to lay hands on you. God's going to touch you. You will feel His power. Some of you will get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Some of you will be overcome by the power of God. It's okay. It's okay. I want you to come quickly if you're hungry. Come quickly and boldly and ready to receive. And God's going to touch you this morning. He's going to touch you this morning. Lord, I thank you for hungry people. I thank you for a hungry bunch. And Lord, I just release that fire of the Holy Spirit now. Fire of the Holy Spirit. Fire of the Holy Spirit. Fire of the Holy Spirit. Some of you, He's going he's gonna to do a real number on you this morning. It's a good thing. Come hungry. Come hungry. Don't be shy. Come hungry. This is what church is for, so that we would meet with God. We would meet with Him. Holy Spirit, we say come. We say come. If you really need to go, we bless you. Have an amazing week. We would love to give you a coffee if... If you're new this morning or if you want to come and just wait on God or hover in His presence, I encourage you to come now. But if you need to go, we bless you and we release you in Jesus' name.